Hi, everyone. I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Terror Girls. Welcome back to, I don't know what the episode is. I don't know why I always try to do that. I'm always like, episode whatever. And then I said the wrong one, and then I have to edit it out, and it's a whole thing. <laughs> Welcome to season three. Um, this is our second episode of this season where it's Brittany and Tiffany telling you what we think and informing you on a topic. Yep. So we are excited to bring you some really great information and maybe some of our personal experience about the intersection of running slash fitness and social media slash technology. Should that be our title when I <laughs> upload this? Terror Girls episode blah, blah, blah. The intersection of <laughs> running slash running. Maybe that was a little clunky, but you know what I mean. I do. Strava, Garmin, stress, running. Love All it. those things. Amazing. <laughs> Sounds interesting. All right, before we get into that, I have a shoe scenario for you, for you. Okay. So as expert shoe fitters, we have to, uh, you know, see people come in the, the terror, into the store, Terror Running Company, with lots of uh, problems, you know? Their feet mm-hmm. are aching, whatever, and we have to listen and figure out what they need. So I'm going to give Brittany a test and see what she would get. So... A customer comes in, mm-hmm. and they are telling you that they're having a lot of Achilles pain, Ooh. Um, really bothering them. And it seems fine, and then as soon as they start running, it's just, it's really bothering them. Okay, so they need new shoes. Uh-huh. They're saying they have Achilles pain. Uh-huh. Well, they don't even necessarily know if they need new shoes. Okay. They just know that they have Achilles pain. Okay, okay. All right, so the first thing I would do is... Ask them to take their shoes off and measure their feet. That's always kind of our go-to first thing. Watch them walk without any shoes on and see how their feet move just on their own. And then I would talk to them about what they're doing. Um, Are they running a lot? Did they increase their mileage really quickly? Are they training for something? Is this a new kind of fitness routine that they're in? Um, A lot of times tightness in your Achilles um, and other parts of your legs and feet will come from increasing mileage a little too quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I would pull some shoes for them with a higher drop, which means the heel is lifted up a little bit higher Mm -hmm. so that it takes some pressure off that Achilles and off of stretching your calf. Um, So some shoes uh, have just a little bit of a higher drop and those would probably feel a little bit more comfortable for this customer. and then there's some other things that we have. You know, we're all, we're there to solve problems. So there yep. are other things that we sell that could really help this customer. Um, compression socks mm-hmm. or sleeves. I am a huge advocate of compression. It's just a natural anti-inflammatory, and it's probably that their Achilles is a little bit inflamed um, when they are running or after. So compression. Mm-hmm. Um, also a foam roller. We I would I would walk them through like how to foam roll their calf. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, you know, it's it's the muscles and tendons connected to that area yeah. that are tight and you're feeling it kind of maybe somewhere adjacent. So that's what I would do. That's great. Anything that's, to add? No, I feel like you covered the bases. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of the thing once once it's hurting, you kind of need to mm-hmm. baby it until it's better maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then, then maybe focus on strengthening yeah. that area so that you don't have the problem again. Yeah, definitely. Wonderful. Awesome. Great, great warm up. Great warm up. Great. Well, if you listen to enough of these episodes, you're going to be able to work at Terror Running Company. Honestly, basically. That's, <laughs> that's actually our strategy. You know, <laughs> we're just educating the masses. We're low key training everyone. <laughs> 
No, there's actually a lot that goes into it. Yeah, we really sure. We do take it seriously. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We have had some really great success stories and some people who found comfort that they didn't expect. Yeah. Um, and so we, we really do take it seriously and um, and love helping people. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get into it. So today we're talking about kind of the relationship between mental health and running, mm-hmm. good and bad. Um, yeah. We have seen the whole gamut of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the surface, running is running and fitness are super good for your yeah. mental health. Um, we have seen a lot of people kind of create healthy lifestyles around their right. new fitness um, journey. So on the surface, super great for your mental health, Absolutely. definitely. Um, but we've also definitely seen, especially with the advent of more technology, how that can become a little bit uh, more cumbersome. You yeah. know, um, it can lead to some some extra stresses. So let's start with um, Garmin. Okay. So, yeah. Do you have a Garmin? I have a Garmin. I am Team Garmin. Mm-hmm. I know that it's a lot of the times it's you know Garmin versus Apple Watch. Yeah. And then you've got other brands. I know Coros mm-hmm. is uh, another one that is uh, kind of up and coming. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a whole all kinds. Yeah. I'm Team Garmin. Yeah. I love absolutely. my Garmin. It's amazing. Battery lasts forever. Yeah. It's fantastic. Best GPS on the market. Yep. Hands down. Um, yeah. We're we're definitely Team Garmin at Terra Running, but. Any kind of fitness tracker, right? Absolutely. You, you, a pedometer. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, any kind of fitness tracker is really great. It can definitely give you insight to information that you wouldn't otherwise have. What kind of information do you like to keep track of on your Garmin? Yeah, so I don't. I'm not as much of a steps person. Um, I'm not really like, oh my gosh, I need to get my steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to track. Um, so I, I wear mine like all the time, mm-hmm. um, which. Is kind of amazing because it's not small. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it tracks my sleep. And with that, it's also got like a heart rate variability. Um, mm-hmm. It's got, um, you know, my VO2 max on here. I do have the training status turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll see how I slept according to Garmin. Mm-hmm. And that will also show me my heart rate variability through mm-hmm. the night. Um, and heart rate variability is, my understanding is, it's the difference in seconds between your heartbeats. And so if it's, what's it, what's better, low or high? High, actually. High. And I don't know if it's necessarily difference between seconds between heartbeats. Just, I don't, I don't actually know. <laughs> the point is, I don't know Garmin knows. And right. I just know that higher is better. Right. And this is kind of the, the, this is one of our, our sticking points is we're using this data that oftentimes we think Garmin knows best. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know what goes into it or you don't give it all the data that you have, right? So yep. I don't sleep in my watch. Right. Just because I, like, it's too big. I end up taking it off. I try yep. to sleep in it and it just feels like I have a cast on my arm. <laughs> I know that's not like selling Garmin, but. <laughs> well, it's understandable when you go to bed. Right. Yeah, yeah. I wear it all day long, but when I go to sleep, I can't, I can't keep it on. So, you know, Garmin even says on their website, your, your training status. So it tells you how, if you are, um, how well you're doing at your training relies on um, VO2 max, the load data, and heart rate variability, but you need to give it 
that data. Like you need to wear yeah. it enough, yep. right? Absolutely. So yeah, I wear mine all the time. I feel like it's probably going to give me a little bit better data than yours is if yeah. you're not, because it knows if I slept badly, right? right. Like if, if I got four hours of sleep, it's like, oh, yikes. Yeah. Um, and then when I go to work out, it says, huh, maybe you should rest today. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, what's really the worst is when you wake up feeling like, I, I slept so well. Like, I feel like I slept great. And then you look at Garmin, and it's like, your sleep was trash. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my gosh, was my sleep trash? Oh my gosh, am, am I, I getting, tired? Am I getting am sick? Am I so tired right now? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So then sometimes you kind of need to, you just need to not. I know, like, uh, what, last year or something for, like, Lent, uh-huh. I, I just, I fasted my Garmin. I said, no, I'm wearing analog. Yeah. I, because it also, because it takes in a list data, it does give you these training like I don't even I don't even what's the word it it, it it'll tell you you're um in recovery it'll yep. tell you your detraining it'll so tell your, you your training status yeah that's what it's yeah called. um and that was one that I got really hung up on and recently got paused it so it tells you your training status so after every workout are you in recovery? Are you being productive? Mm-hmm. Are you overreaching? Are you peaking? Mm-hmm. Um, before I did a big race last year, I got really, you know, I was definitely looking at that after every workout, and it and it said peaking the week before my race. And Were I was you like, so excited. So excited. <laughs> I did everything right according to Garmin. But in the same vein, when I do a hard workout and it says recovery, I feel terrible. Even though the workout was good, it makes you feel like you aren't doing enough. Or strained or overreaching. Yes. When we went on that uh, trail run a couple weeks ago, I felt really good. Sweated a ton and we walked a lot. But it was like, I don't know, I forget what it was. Overtraining or whatever. Yeah. Whatever Overreaching. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I was recovering from all the long COVID stuff, it didn't, it was like, telling me that I was all unproductive every single time. Mm-hmm. And I was thrilled that I was finally able to, like, go a mile with, uh, you know, my heart rate in the green zone. Yep. And it's, like, unproductive. And yeah. you're just like, I'm going to throw you against the wall, you right. stupid thing. You don't realize what I'm going through. <laughs> so it can be good. The information right. that Garmin gives you can be so great and definitely a little bit more holistic than just how fast you're going or – um, your VO2 max, but it can definitely get in your head. When I was researching for this podcast, I Googled mental health and training status from Garmin, mental health and Strava, and so many like Reddit threads were coming up with the same thing. Like people saying, I'm in my head about my training status. You know, what do I do? And Garmin did come out with the feature that you can pause it. It doesn't have to tell you your training status. Um, and I have paused mine over the last couple of weeks. Even though I was getting into my hardest workouts, I just didn't want it to tell me that I wasn't being productive. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. Because yeah. especially, like you said, when you're doing a really hard workout, it's, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of deflating. Yeah. You finish and it's like, even when you get maintaining sometimes. Right. It felt like you really did great. You want to see productive. It's like maintaining. Yeah. Unproductive. Strained. Yeah. So Apple Watch people, Koros people, other everything people, What what is your training status? What is mm-hmm. your thing that if you don't hit it, you feel deflated mm-hmm. from your because I'm I'm sure that it's not just Garmin. Yeah. So there's other things. Yeah. But and then why do we rely on that to tell you we had a good workout or a good night's sleep as opposed to us telling it we had a good workout <laughs> or a good night's sleep? So true. Yeah. Do you remember uh, what you know when when did Garmin and these you know smartwatches uh-huh. become a thing? Like what did you used to run in? Like yeah. remember the days? Oh. Remember the days? Let me tell you about when I was growing up. Okay. <laughs> 
I had a Timex watch training for my that was like, first four you know, marathons. That was the thing. The that Timex. was the thing. It, it was, was a very like, nice Timex watch. It had splits. Wow. So when I passed a physical mile marker, I pushed the split button and I could get my – then I could look at my splits afterwards. Yep. Um, but you told it when you were at the mile mark. It didn't tell you. Yeah. Um, so no GPS. You know, it was basically just a stopwatch. Yep. Um, but – you definitely, like, I feel like I knew my body better hmm. when I didn't have all this technology. I wasn't looking at my watch to see how I was feeling. I was just listening to my body to see how I was feeling. Yeah. Um, so in my first four marathons when I was in college, I trained for them just with a stopwatch, basically. Um, I even ran the races. I didn't have a Garmin until, I don't know. I don't know. Well, they used to look like (laughs) they used to be like oh massive, most hideous thing you've ever seen. Yeah, it's like strapping a car GPS onto your wrist. Yeah, yeah, they Um, were halfway up to your elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how did you? Sorry, this is probably off topic, but just since we're talking about old school watch, how did you even know what what a mile was? I knew routes around me. Like like, I had to Um, map map my run. Dot com. Um, and then I lived near a park where there was a five-mile loop, and then every mile was spray-painted on the ground. So mm. if you needed to do seven, you'd do the five-mile loop, go out to the one-mile mark, and back, and that was seven. And so you just, like, I, I or I would go home and map a route, like mapmyrun.com. <laughs> it's like MapQuest. Uh, yeah, honestly, it was MapQuest for running. And or I would go by time. I did time a lot more than mileage. Mm. Um, I would have training plans that were based on time because I would know what my you know average mile time was and what time I was aiming for in the race. Um, so it was either based on time or uh, I knew the where the mile markers Honestly, were. Honestly, that's a good point because I feel like I never go by time now. Yeah, the only time <laughs> that I'll go by time is when Garmin tells me my workout yep. should be you know fifty five minutes. Yep. and try to keep your heart rate in this zone. Mm-hmm. But even then, I'll get to like five and a half miles or something mm-hmm. with that, and I'll be like, well. She'd probably get six. Right. Or like, I'll get 4.73. And yep. I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to need to have five because I can't mm-hmm. just, that's like, Silly. I can't, that's you, you can't terrible. Stop. So you don't like to stop at round, unround numbers? No, not at all. Like even 4.75 would feel better than 4.73. But I'm if I'm that close to like another mile, it's like in your head, like, oh, uh-huh. I went five miles today versus four, even though really you were closer to five. Right. Even, But like. I'll loop in front of my house. So I have, I've done that. I have tried to stop doing that because what are the loops in front of your house getting you? Well, I mean, I think that's the topic, right? In my relief a, in your brain, yeah, right. nothing physical, right? Like you know, you're not like finishing the half marathon thinking, "Thank goodness, I I did like four loops in front of my house that one time." <laughs> Yeah, you know? it's, it's truly – and I think this goes into – I don't even think we've really talked about Strava yet. But yep. it's also like when that posts onto the feed, you it just looks better, right? Like yeah. 5 versus 4.7 Absolutely. whatever or 4.3 yeah. whatever. Let's do it. Let's get into Strava. Right, let's talk about Strava. Terra Girls is brought to you by the Cleveland Half Marathon and 5K, October 21st, 2023 in downtown Cleveland. Learn more and register at clevelandhalf.com. So Strava is the basically social media of workouts. So we most people have it set up that your workouts on whatever device you have automatically upload to Strava. Mm-hmm. You can 
uh, have friends on Strava. Mm-hmm. And then it started with, I mean, it still is. The point is you give each other kudos. So right. the only option is to comment on someone's workout or to give them a thumbs up. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly a great app, right? Like you could, you in theory, you could turn it off so everything's private and use it as just like a training log. You yep. can put notes about your run. You can track your shoes mileage in there or your bike's mileage. It's also very big. I think it started actually for cyclists. Mm-hmm. It's a really handy app, but yeah. it really is is mostly a social media app. Yeah. You have followers and you follow people. Yeah. And it's great. You can follow professionals on there. Mm-hmm. You can see where they're running and what they're doing and like their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can upload pictures and videos to yours. So it's it, it can be so great. Yeah. And we have definitely seen like we have a Terra running group on there where people can post to each other. We've found that people support each other on there. Yeah. And it's helpful when you don't have a physical running community or you right. want more of a, a a social running community that that is a lot of people's running community, which yeah. is amazing. Yep. And so cool that that technology has allowed that. But um, yeah, Google Strava and mental health, and <laughs> you will see that it's there's like a, a difficult side to it also. Yeah. Um, I found an article about how fitness apps like Strava, but also there's some other kind of app sharing or people share their workouts on social media, is kind of a double-edged sword, and it can lead to, you know, pushing yourself because of the people that will see it. It goes back to the idea of you're not listening to your body. Yeah. You're not doing what you should be doing for even your training, right? Yeah. Like you, because, okay, here's the thing, everyone. If you're not on Strava, which to, the reality is if you're listening to this, you're probably on Strava. We understand that. Um, and you've probably felt some of these things as well. Mm-hmm. There's like almost, the, there's the social norms around it too, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to post a slow run because people will see it slow so then you have to clarify, don't worry, everyone, this was a base run. Yep. I was attempting to keep my heart rate really low, which is why my run was, quote unquote, slow. There's a whole series of videos on Instagram about, like, what captions you can put on your slow Strava runs. Like, if I ran slow and had and it posted to Strava, I'd say, ran with Tiff. <laughs> That's a real Seriously. thing. Seriously. Right. Yeah. And so, with- like, don't blame me, ran with Tiff. <laughs> Or, like, uh, did a tempo. So then you're saying, basically, look at my splits. Yeah, right. Like, fast. it wasn't all slow. The average was slow, but I was running fast. Um, so all of that is for other people, right? That has nothing. That's not a training log. That's justifying your pace to people who are following you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then that can, I mean, that can lead to even just injuries, right? Absolutely. Or or not optimal training. I mean, the reality is the science shows that you should be going slow for a lot of your runs. Yes. But you don't want to because your friends are going to see you mm-hmm. running slow, which is also ridiculous because they should also know that you're supposed to run slow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, or you just even comparison, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this person's running in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person's over here doing this. And, I am i mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I travel, I'd like to, like, log at least one Yeah, so people can see where you went. Walk, uh-huh. So you can upload your pictures. And that's not inherently bad. Like, right. I enjoy seeing where other people are traveling and what they're posting and look at all the cool pictures of where they went. Like, it's actually really fun. Mm-hmm. But... It can become comparison definitely really quickly. And when you're pairing that with your health or, or your training, like it just isn't 
the yeah. best all the time. I think just being aware of your motivations and being aware of when you look at Strava and, you know, you want to upload your run and then five minutes later you get off Strava and you th- feel like crap mm-hmm. in your head mm-hmm. and you're comparing yourself to other people, is it worth it? Yeah. Um, I found an article called Strava is Killing the Blissful, Beautiful Loneliness of Running. Oh, that's is, uh, <laughs> like yes poetic. yeah i know Deep. by sam robinson i think it was on um outside magazine website and they in 2014 strava launched a campaign called prove it oh. implying that if it wasn't on strava it didn't really happen and that like isn't that so inherent in your runs if it's not on strava it didn't happen how many times have we heard people say that right well i you kind of feel that even mm-hmm. if you don't consciously think that yeah if you stop, have you ever felt that? Like, yes. have you ever felt like, oh, no. Well, even even if my watch gives out in the workout, yes. you're like, well, I might as well stop. Just go home now. Yeah. If it's not on my app or if someone doesn't see it, did it really happen? So mm-hmm. it's made running really networked and the validity is based on other people's approval as mm-hmm. opposed to just running to run. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, and I, I felt that. Um, I have recently paused my uploads to Strava and paused my, you know, my training status on Garmin. I just really wanted to, like, feel my workouts and post them in the Garmin app for myself, and that's it. Um, one thing we didn't mention was, you know, we're talking about mental health, but physical safety, too. Garmin mm-hmm. is – or Strava – can be a little sketchy on that. So Strava posts the maps of your runs. Now, yep. they've came, come out with a feature in the last year or so where you can hide the beginnings and the ends of your run mm-hmm. automatically. And you can also go in and hide your maps. Yeah. But... Um, you, should, you just have to be conscious of it, right? Yes. So yeah. if you're thinking like, oh, happy-go-lucky, all my friends, and yep. not realizing I should probably hide the beginning and the end mm-hmm. or just hide the maps. Yeah. Especially depending on who you are, where you're living, yeah. who's in your, you know, you should probably also have your Strava set to private so that you mm-hmm. have to approve everyone that follows you because you have to do that as well. Yeah. But to get a lot of the features to be in groups mm-hmm. and to be on leaderboards and to get, you know, to get these awards and stuff like that, sometimes you have to have it set to public or some parts to public. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's just something to be aware of, too, that I I think can cause some anxiety knowing that mm-hmm. exactly where you ran is going I, to be posted. I, did you find in your research that, I think it was in 2018, they found that Strava maps were giving away military bases? Oh my Around gosh, the world? I believe it, yeah. Because, so, it again, we're acting like we, it sounds like we hate Strava. We don't. We I use it all the time. I <laughs> yeah. think it's wonderful. But you can also, like, especially if you're traveling, you can look at heat maps and yeah. it's going to show where people in that area and that city, like, usually run. Yep. So it'll help you find some routes. Um, and so, you know, they publish these the heat maps of the world. Mm-hmm. And it was showing in these, like, deserted places <laughs> a random heat map of like a loop like oh in the middle gosh. of the desert or a middle of wherever and it's yeah. different military bases that's they so had interesting their stravas on or their um whatever and it yep. was literally showing you could find these secret bases oh my gosh <laughs> so that makes sense privacy I mean, problems yeah privacy <laughs> yeah. the terror girls podcast is supported by terror running company cleveland's specialty running store whatever you need to support your active lifestyle we've got it Open seven days a week in downtown Cleveland or 24-7 at terrorrunning.com. So you had mentioned that Lent last year you 
gave up your oh, Garmin. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I have given up. I would say parts of my social media or technology related to my fitness recently, and maybe not forever. Um, but I found an article that is talking about whether or not you need a running or your running needs a digital detox. Mm. So these are the signs that you should unplug. Um, maybe from your fitness tracker, maybe from the social media linked to your fitness tracker. Um, so Tiff, have you ever found yourself checking your online fitness stats at all hours? Oh, yeah. Not stuff that, like, you're not looking for yours, but you're back on Strava checking if other people worked out, what they did, where they ran. Mm-hmm. You ever done that? Yep. Totally. The remedy, set social media cutoffs times. Do you do mm. that? Um, I've had the, like, um, thing on my iPhone where uh-huh. it tells me if I've been on it too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't... I I almost have it more to like set um, to focus modes at yep. certain times. Yeah, so. I try to do that, and I find that I'm real good at overriding it, like without even thinking. Yep. I'm like, oh, 15 more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, when's the last time you ran without a fitness tracker? Uh, probably Lent of last year. Oh yeah, that was during your all your runs and everything. Yeah. You didn't. I just because I mean it goes back to what we were saying. It was almost like I needed to focus on like my body was in a different spot than it was a few years ago, and again growing up like I had like a little digital watch. Right. I didn't. I didn't see my fitness go up. I didn't see <laughs> all the miles that I like walked and ran and then walked and thought a mile was long. You know yeah. what I mean? And then. Anyways, I'm getting into the weeds. The yep. last time I probably didn't have a tracker would have been Lent of last year. So April mm-hmm. of last year. I can't tell you the last time I worked out without a fitness tracker. I mean, went before I had a GPS, I guess. Yeah. I, and that would have been 2014. I mean. Oh, wow. 15. <laughs> yeah. I probably had my first Garmin, yeah, during when I opened the Blue Ridge store. So. Wow. Years So this article that I found says commit to running once a week without your watch. Oh, that actually hurts to think about. (laughs) It says once you get out the door, you may be surprised how liberating this feels. Sounds anxiety-inducing right now. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean. Did it happen? Like, does it happen? I mean, it still happens. Your legs feel it. Your body knows it. Well, it's interesting because thinking about this and kind of dwelling on it for a little bit, it's it's really like why do we run? Like where where's the satisfaction coming from? And there's yeah. a lot of places the satisfaction comes from, right? Like being strong and the endorphins from running and like being fit. But if you if you picture yourself going out the door without that fitness tracker mm-hmm. and it feels anxiety producing, mm-hmm. is it because a lot of that satisfaction we're getting is from knowing that it's recorded? Yep. And it's logged somewhere and yep. someone can give you a thumbs up for it digitally. All right. I think we should do a Terror Girls challenge. I kind of think I'm I'm feeling that, yeah. Um, I don't want to, but (laughs) clearly we need to. Clearly. At least one run between now and next recording. Okay. Without a fitness tracker. Okay. I think I still have one of my old, like, um, just digital watches somewhere. i got to dig it up. I don't. And I might just, just go without it. Go without just it. Go right? without like it. I, I know I know the miles around downtown pretty well, so yeah. I could just. But see, even that though, should it just yeah. be like I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna run? Yeah, but like then when do you turn? <laughs> <laughs> you follow your heart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Um, 
So we mentioned this uh, this last symptom of if you need a digital detox. We mentioned it when talking about Strava, but do you feel pressure to run fast because you know it will be posted? Yes. Mm-hmm. I usually can keep that in check because I really I feel like it, the first step to all of this is just being aware. Yep. Right? Like, I am doing this run for X, Y, Z reasons. Yes. I would like this to show fast, but it shouldn't. Like, it doesn't need to or it shouldn't even because of the workout. Mm-hmm. So when I'm aware of it, then I can be like, okay, no, that's stupid. Yeah. But if I'm not aware of it, mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to see a faster time. Right. Absolutely. I, I find this shows itself. I, I would say, no, I don't care if I'm fast. But do you pause your watch every time you yes. tie your shoe, you itch your leg, yep. you take a drink? I found that I do that on my bike rides. and It doesn't really give me an accurate representation of how long the long ride is going to take me. Because point. I'll pause to drink water and to grab a gel. And maybe it's only two minutes. Right. But... It'll show a fast, a slower split or yeah. a slower mile. Yep. Or it'll bring my average down. Yep. And then when I get to a race, am I going to be disappointed because I thought I could go X miles an hour? Right. Because that chip time is still going. Right. When you stop at an aid station yeah. or you go through transition or whatever. Yep. But um, I've been definitely trying to, you know, the watch starts when I start and it ends when I end. And um I try not to pause it every single time. But I think that's kind of where it shows up for me is not actually running faster. That's a really good point. But I definitely i am not timing when I stop at a red light. Right. You know. So if hmm. you aren't ready for the first Terror Girls challenge of running without your watch, maybe take on the second Terror Girls challenge of don't pause it. Yeah. Just keep it going. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Just let it go. Should we sing? Let it go. You don't want me to sing. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I do. Um, Oh, wow. So I feel like there's just so much we could talk about with all of that. What a therapy session. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's so many positives, too. We weren't really even talking about that. But, like, it's really good to just think about it once in a while. Just bring awareness back to it. Like, do we need to just enjoy it for what it is? Or are we – putting our enjoyment in something else yeah and yeah and i think for a lot of people that have come to running in the last decade they only know it with social media and tied to these apps and um with running streaks on your you know whatever app um but it doesn't have to be that and if you're getting burnt out by it you know one way to get reinvigorated with running is just to feel it yeah do it for the sake of doing it yeah, um, and whatever that means to you. And it could be starting small yep. by just not pausing your watch every time you stop at a stop sign or yep. let a car cross in front of you. Or it could be the ultimate Terror Girls challenge. Ditching the watch. For one run. <laughs> <laughs> that shows how tied we are to it. I know. It. Honestly. It's like, it's like, I don't know, we don't have this in here, but, you know, there's like a technical term, I think, for the anxiety you feel if you don't have your phone. Oh. Like if you leave your phone at home accidentally yeah. or something like that, there's like an actual term. Uh-huh. Like, because I mean, just think about that for a second. I know. That's anxiety yes. inducing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's society coming to? <laughs> Honestly. This makes me want to throw my watch out the window. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about, you know, all the wonderful benefits. We kind of alluded to it, but the, it. It's amazing with these right. pieces and of technology. Right. And that's why we start using them and why we use them. Um, it's just good to be aware of the shadow side. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, well, for a cool down, you know I have to ask you, Brittany reacts. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I totally forgot. <laughs> she forgot. It's just me saying something silly, you know, uh-huh. so we can laugh more. Okay. Um, today is National Cheeseburger Day. Ooh. And cheeseburgers are 50 cents at McDonald's. <gasps> Should we go? I think it has been longer since I have eaten McDonald's than it has been since I haven't run without a garment. I knew that was what you were going to say. <laughs> you were going to be like, McDonald's, ew. I am kind of a fast food snob. You are. And by that, she means she only eats Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Only. One time recently, I went through the Wendy's drive through mm, to wow. get fries and a Coke after a long bike ride when I felt like I was dying. I needed salt and sugar like so bad. So I went through the Wendy's drive through and I was like astonished how big everything was. <laughs> I felt like I was on Parks and Rec where like the small yeah. was like a half gallon. Uh-huh. I think I got a medium and it was massive. Man, you get a lot for your money. <laughs> well, I'm not quite the fast food snob Brittany is. I can always get behind some McDonald's. Um, not always, but I will say sometimes when I travel and then come back in the States, yeah. it's like I'm craving a McDonald's burger. Interesting. If you were like, okay, without a GPS, drive us to a McDonald's in Cleveland, I don't think I could. What? I don't even know where they are. Wow. There's one on 25th. There's mm-hmm. one over by the Walmart on Treasury Drive. Um, there's- yeah, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> I would have to like look it up on my GPS. They well, just don't. It doesn't even cross my mind. Do you not have like good childhood memories of like going to McDonald's yeah. and getting Happy Meals? Definitely. Yes, playing in the play place and mm. getting the Happy Meal toys. Absolutely. Play place. <laughs> I can still feel the grime under my fingers. <laughs> from that place. Uh, Ooh, yeah, man. absolutely. I loved McDonald's when I was little, but, but then you grew and I grew, grew and wise. I grew like snobby. You know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will basically. I oh. like opened a running store. So. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't eat McDonald's anymore. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. That was everything I wanted from a Britney Yeah, reaction. yeah. You knew exactly I what did. I was going to say. I did. That was great. Should oh, we go? We uh, should. I don't know. <laughs> you can go. Oh, no, I don't want it either. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. We hope you got something out of this and we'll maybe just hope to make you think a little bit more critically or think for a second about why you love running and uh, what brought you to it in the first place and how technology can help you and sometimes get in the way. Yeah. Awesome. Stress you out like me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Terra Girls. Inspiring people one runner at a time. The Terra Girls podcast is brought to you by Terra Running Company, Cleveland's specialty running store. Named one of the best running stores in the country, Terra Running Company offers top-notch customer service and all the best running and walking brands. Whatever you need to support your active lifestyle, we've got it. Carrying brands like Hoka, Brooks, On, and New Balance, we also have the best fit specialists to help you find the best shoe for you. Open seven days a week in downtown Cleveland or 24-7 at terrarunning.com.